Hello all, and welcome to our podcast. Today, we will be discussing the Houston Toad. Yes, I know what you're thinking. Why is the Toad all that interesting? Well, let me tell you all about the Houston Toad, and you'll see for yourself. Houston Toads are little two-inch amphibians found in pine and oak woodlands, usually under pockets of deep sandy soils, especially during the warmer seasons. They are far more noticeable, however, during breeding season, when their distinctive 30-second trill, like the one you heard a bit of earlier, can easily be heard. During the late 1940s, amateur herpetologist John C. Wotring discovered some small toads with a beautiful and unique mating call near his home in Houston, Texas. After several years of research, this toad was formally recognized as a new species, the Houston toad, scientifically known as Bufo houstonesis, in 1953. Subsequent fieldwork discovered other Houston toad populations as far west as Bastrop County and as far north as Leon County. This species is found nowhere else in the world other than these small areas in Texas. Houston toads disappeared from the Houston area during the 1960s, following an extended drought and rapid urban expansion of the city of Houston. Although this species has been found in nine additional counties as recently as the 1990s, several of these populations have not been seen since they were first discovered. Of the few remaining populations, the largest is in Bastrop County. The reason we're talking about the toad today is not simply because of its unique life story, but also because of its questionable future. Like many creatures in our world today, Houston toads must deal with the negative effects of human existence. This includes global warming, deforestation, pollution, and many other effects. As stated by the HoustonToad.org, conversion of land to agriculture, roads, housing developments, golf courses, and shopping centers have destroyed the wooded and wetland areas that toads need for survival. They've been listed as endangered since 1970 and has been battling for their lives ever since. Now only 2,000 toads exist in the wild. This toad provides many benefits to society as it serves as a major predator of insects. It also has a unique toxin on its skin that has proven to be pharmaceutically important. Many efforts are being made to help in the conservation of these important creatures. However, as with any issue, there are many varying opinions from each different viewpoint. It begs the question of whether this issue becomes political or natural. I certainly see it as a combination of the two, but I'll let you form your own opinions on the subject. To help you in that process, we have invited some field experts to come today and discuss with you the Houston toad and its importance. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started. For our first interview today, we will interview an environmental advocacy representative. It's important to gain an in-depth view of grassroots action that has been taken to protect and restore the Houston Toads habitat. Our first guest today is Matt Sandoval from the Environmental Defense Fund. Matt is the Director of Regulatory and Legislative Affairs at the Environmental Defense Fund's in Austin, Texas office. 
Matt has come to talk about the importance of the Houston Toad and discuss the role of that advocacy group has played in ensuring the Toad's survival. How's it going, Matt? Hey, Shay. Happy to be here. Thanks for joining us today. The Houston Toad has actually shown to be valuable species by providing life-saving medications, increasing ecological diversity, etc. I want to start this off by asking, could you describe your organization and why you decided to advocate for the Houston Toad? Yeah, great question. So the Environmental Defense Defense Fund is a broad and wide-ranging organization. Uh, we enact solutions ranging across the problem of climate change. Uh, we work with other organizations, businesses, governments, and communities to create incentives for positive environmental actions, uh, help companies become better environmental stewards, influence policy, and we keep tabs on emerging issues. Uh, we believe the Houston Toad is important to Earth's biological diversity, and we should protect it. Um, you mentioned the life-saving medications that the Toad provides for pharmaceutical companies. Um, as an environmentalist group, we believe we should reverse the trend of climate change to save keystone species like the Houston toad. Um, scientific evidence has shown the alarming trend of increasing global temperatures, destruction, and fragmentation of natural habitat, and decreasing species diversity across a wide range of biomes. Um, and we believe, as the Environmental Defense, Defense Fund, that we should take action based on this evidence. Um, I'm sure the EDF success can be attributed to results-driven projects. As far as conservation projects go, what do those entail? And which groups, communities, and people are helped or harmed by the threat of climate change, the EDF and its projects? Of course. So our conservation projects focus on restoration and passing nonpartisan legislation seeking to improve ecological habitats across the United States. Uh, we do not want to harm anyone, and we believe our efforts actually improve the lives of many local businessmen, such as fishermen, particularly in the Gulf Coast region. Uh, many Gulf Coast communities were harmed in the aftermath of one of the worst oil spills in history in 2008, um, with the BP oil spill that happened in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, so our conservation projects seek to restore these kinds of communities that are affected in the data and case that we have done just that. For example, um, we're talking about the Mississippi River Delta. Uh, it's a well-known booming economic region along the Gulf Coast um, brought in 1.5 million tax revenues in fiscal year 2012. Um, this increase in tax revenues coincided with several year-long projects by the EDF that we performed over there. Um, these tax revenues help the local governments as well. Um, so our efforts seek to help these three main groups. We have local governments, communities, and individual businessmen. Uh, and once again, the data shows that we've accomplished that goal. Uh, one particular uh, another case study, we focused on an area in close contact with the Houston Toad's habitat. Um, in 2012, Congress passed the Bipartisan Restore Act, which mandated British petroleum fines go directly towards the recovery of the Gulf Coast. Um, we also helped ensure the law would work in concert with another project we helped with, such as the Louisiana Coastal Master Plan, um, a guiding document which restored more than 800 square miles of coastal land along the Gulf Coast. Um, conservation projects such as these are diverse. Once again, they, cr they address a wide range of needs um, in these places. Uh, coastal restoration consists of bank stabilization and marsh creation. Um, another example that comes to mind is assessments and studies, uh, where our population studies, species monitoring, and environmental sampling are used to gather in-depth information about habitat. So once again, these conservation projects are ongoing and is useful to, always useful to have um, new volunteers uh, passionate about these opportunities. As far as the Houston Toad survival goes, these projects have been performed across the United States, not just the Gulf Coast region. Um, so we look forward to continuing our partnership with these local advocacy groups and volunteers to help out the Houston Toad. 
You mentioned local advocacy groups earlier. Our Texas listeners might like to get involved in some of these conservation projects. What are the names of some of these local advocacy groups and what is your view on the role of power and authority in influencing the destruction of the Houston toads habitat? Yeah, so there are a large number of environmental advocacy groups to choose from. I would say the Texas Campaign for the Environment, Texas Environmental Justice Services, um, organizations such as the Houston Wilderness and the Citizens for the Environmental Coalition, uh, specifically the Houston Gulf Coast Chapter, are a few that come directly to mind. Um, Houston Wilderness in particular focuses on, focuses on restoring and protecting piney woods. Um, the Houston toad lives in these piney woods and be able to make a comeback if these conservation projects continue. Uh, if it's not clear, the authorities that would like to see the Houston toad thrive are, from my perspective and experience, uh, environmentalist groups that have a vested interest in the toad's survival. Um, the number one cause of the Houston toad's habitat loss is urbanization. Um, therefore, you have these large construction companies and development firms that don't really care about a small toad when they face potentially millions in revenue from building new residential, commercial, or industrial homes. Um, it's disappointing, and we believe a higher authority should speak up to protect the toad. Specifically, Texas state government should advocate for the Houston toad and incentivize these companies to build their structures um, in other places. As far as these comebacks go, from an environmentalist perspective, what do you predict or find regarding the Houston toad's repopulation? Is there a reason for optimism moving forward for the toad's survival? Yeah, I think there's definitely a reason for optimism as we look ahead towards the future. Um, environmental groups have increased their efforts to educate the public about the importance of the Houston toad. You have organizations such as the Houston Zoo taking one of the leading roles in fighting against the toad's extinction. Um, the zoo itself maintains a 1,200-square-foot uh, Houston toad quarantine facility that serves as a location for the captive breeding and head starting of wild Houston toad egg strands for release into the wild. Um, they actually employ two full-time Houston toad specialists who care for the toads and work closely with the program partners in the breed and release efforts. Um, in addition, the Houston toad released their numbers from 2018 and found that um, 1.082 million Houston toad eggs were released into the wild. And as of April 2018, a minimum of 13 wild egg strands were found in one pond alone. Um, just to, for clarification purposes, female Houston toads can lay from 2,000 to 6,000 eggs at one time. And the clutch of eggs itself is called a strand, uh, which refers to the shape of the egg mass. So um, overall efforts such as these, especially from a visible public institution like the Houston Zoo, should give us strong reasons for optimism moving forward. It's encouraging to hear the optimism from our environmentalist perspective. We have learned about the role of power and authority in the controversy surrounding climate change. We have seen which groups are helped or hurt by the climate change in local conservation efforts. We have also learned about the intolerance of climate change from an environmentalist perspective. To learn more about the Environmental Defense Fund and see the work they have accomplished, visit edf.org. Matt, thank you for joining us. Thank you. For our other interview today, we will be interviewing Chief Executive Officer Isaac Garcia with Pfizer. Pfizer is an American multinational pharmaceutical corporation founded in New York City in 1849. Isaac is here with us today to speak on the significance of the Houston toad and make sure there's survival, the survival of this toad. So how are you today, Isaac? Hey there. Excited to be speaking today. Thank you for being here today. As I'm sure you already know, the Houston toad is known for providing certain life-saving medications. To begin our talk on advocating for the Houston toad, could you please elaborate on your company and why you want to speak on behalf of the Houston toad today? Well, my company focuses on creating medicines, vaccination that either saves lives 
or improve them. However, we're not only focusing on the improvement of people's lives, but acquiring the source for the medicine. For example, we are researching a venom found in some tarantula species that may lead to new treatment towards Parkinson's disease. As we all know, nowadays treatment for Parkinson's is not very helpful for those particular patients. Although the tarantula venom can be deadly to humans, we can focus on the benefits obtained from their defenses. The Houston toads are in the same similar situation in which their toxins can protect them from the predators. Since the Houston toad exposes its defense mechanism that protects from its attacker, in our standpoint, we don't see it as an advantage, more like an advantage towards the human societies. Through their use of their defenses, the Houston toad in particular secretes valtrex online serotonin, which is an essential chemical in our brain. Uh, and also, it has alkaloids, which is also used to treat heart and neurological diseases. The alkaloids are thought to have an uh, analgesic property, quite possibly more powerful than morphine as well. Would you please explain to us why your pharmaceutical company believes climate change is actually taking place and how it may be affecting the Houston toad? This seems to be a very interesting topic. As we all know that climate change is constantly changing. Therefore, we have taken the matter into our hands in contributing a project that help our own research. As I said before, we want to either save or improve lives, even if it's not human. A good example is the discovery found in Gila monsters. For those who do not know what a Gila monster is, it's a very venomous and large lizard, normally two feet long. What they found in these particular lizards is that their saliva appears to help people with type 2 diabetes, which helps them gain control of their blood sugar levels. Therefore, it activates the release of insulin where blood sugar levels are too high. Around 46% of these participants that participated in the uh, test were able to maintain their glucose levels, in which the ADA considers the level of 7% or more to be healthy, which was way lower than that. As far as those affected by the Houston toad, are there any groups, communities, or individuals who are or have been specifically impacted? In the bigger picture, many pharmaceutical companies are affected by the Houston toad declination. Many of these companies include pharmaceutical research and manufacturers of America, as well as Eli, Eli Lilly and Abbott Laboratories. Although many of us are in competition for revenue, the primary goal of all pharmaceuticals is to help those in need. Not only are the companies harmed, but the people that are considered as patients are also harmed. These patients are looking for new medicines or vaccination in improving their way of life. Therefore, the people who are causing the Houston toad's habitat to disappear are preventing these life-saving medications from reaching the market. Patients who need these drug benefits from projects that restore the Houston toad's habitat. As far as communities go, these conservation projects can restore natural wildlife and land to areas that lack them. So we we find it increasing these communities' quality of life. Well, I think that about sums it up. Thank you for your time. For our last interview today, we will be getting the rundown from Gilbane Building Company. The President and Chief Executive Officer, Christopher Martinez, of this, constru this construction company has agreed to inform us on how the Houston Toad is becoming a liability to their works. Christopher brings a broad-based background in both domestic and international markets and vertical and horizontal construction 
So how are you today, Christopher? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. We are thankful you could join us today. So to start us off, we want to know a little more about your company and your stance on the Houston Toad, if you care to elaborate. The Gilbane Company started off as a small carpentry business back in the 1870s that flourished and became one of the top leading construction companies in Houston through a hard-earned reputation for quality and dedication to excellence. We are a global integrated construction and facility management service firm. Our clients entrust us to deliver the projects that will build their futures for sustainable buildings to the latest in lean construction technology and management. Above all else, we want what's best for our clients no matter what it takes. As for the Houston toad, just as any other animal, it has to be adaptable to its environment. The areas in which they are located are so densely populated that their existence is irrelevant to the area's needs. It becomes a hassle to have to spend millions to be able to relocate these amphibians just to avoid their extinction. It is pretty obvious that the Houston toad is becoming a huge block for y'all. What are your main plans for resolving these issues or even your way around the issue? The Houston toad is not necessarily a huge block, but more of a setback. The clients expect a project to be commissioned to, to be either at the location in which they choose or we select. The Houston toad oftentimes is found where these projects are set to take place. It takes time and money to be able to have to capture them, relocate them, to an environment that is similar to the one in which they exist on. The cost to re relocate the toad is at the expense of the client, so whether the client decides to preserve the amphibian or not is absolutely their decision. For both decisions, we get paid for the project, so it's no effect on our company. In 2017 alone, our total gross billing was approximately $4.88 billion. If you assume the toad is going to affect that, you're mistaken. It is pretty evident that the Houston toad is not one of your main concerns. Why does your interest group not take the action to potentially save the Houston toad? As stated earlier, it's ultimately the client's decision in which the toad is to be saved or not. Most of the clients, however, do not choose to save the amphibian from its destruction. If the clients do not care, then why should we have to save the toads if there are plenty of them out there? It costs money and takes an extensive amount of time to be able to find a habitat that is relatively close to the one in which they are living in currently. If the clients aren't willing to pay for the measures to save the endangered toad, then oh well. For instance, one of the projects we've created um, was the Exxon Mobile Campus, in which cost $4.8 billion to build. Do you think we care about a measly toad that way? No, no ma'am. Before we finish up, I think it's important to ask why your company denies the Houston toad as an endangered species. The Houston toad was one of the first amphibians to be protected by the Endangered Species Act in the 70s. However, because of preservation teams, the number of the Houston toad's population is steadily rising. Just a couple years ago, the Houston toad team was able to release 900,000 eggs back into the wild, which is an incredible success for the species. With these numbers, it's a bit ridiculous to consider the toad extinct if their species is on the steady rise. Thank you for your time. Today, we have been talking about the Houston toad and a few of the interest groups involved with the Houston toad. Whether it be the environmentalist, pharmaceutical firms, construction firms, or everyday people, every party has a unique stake with the Houston toad. The environmentalists tend to believe that every species deserves a right to their own habitat Therefore, we should fight to protect the toad's right to live. The pharmaceutical firms look at it from the benefit that we are missing out on the Houston toad's med medicinal uses if they go extinct. 
many medicines are derived from various species, so losing the Houston toad is like losing, losing out on numerous medical opportunities. The construction companies, while they don't really break any rules, go by a different ideology. They're driven oftentimes by money, and this is where whenever they expand, they get into the habitat of the Houston toad, but they don't tend to be too worried about it because they're measly toads when a dollar is to be made. While this isn't really very morally just, it is perfectly allowed by the rules and regulations in place. Some firms will tell you they are worried about the toad survival or anything like the toads, any other life, life forms, and they try to relocate the toads, but this doesn't really do enough to help. Um, and urbanization is the leading driver of habitat loss for the Houston toad. When money's on the line, these firms are not worried about the life of some measly toads. While it may seem like there's not much we can do in these times, because we've never seen these rates of urbanization, times when money, have been, money has more importance than saving a life, there is something that we can do to help the Houston toad. Joining advocacy groups and doing your part to help out the toad in the surrounding environment. Supporting organizations like the EDF or other companies that are, that are thinking of a life of an animal first can make a difference. You don't have to be an expert in any field to go and donate some of your time to help a cause. Matt gave us great information regarding the Houston Toad today. He informed us of many advocacy groups, such as the Texas Campaign for the Environment, Texas Environmental Justice Services, Houston Wilderness, and Citizens for Environmental Change. With the efforts of volunteers like you and with experts like the ones working with the Houston Zoo, we can fight back against habitat invasion and serve to protect the Houston Toad population. As stated by Matt, there's been over 1.82 million eggs re-released into the wild. This is an extraordinary feat and is a great start to the revival of the Houston toad. So although the past has been somewhat bleak for the Houston toad, there's still a promising future ahead.